and welcome to another episode of Daf Shrui, Weekly Daf. Give me 40 minutes or so and I'll give you a Daf or so. So it's a kind of a brisk day here in Los Angeles, something we're not used to. Everybody's bundling up. It's going down to the mid-60s, even low 60s when I went to Minion this morning. So everybody's bundling up. Can't decide whether it's spring or summer. Not that there's that much of a difference as far as all you East Coasters are concerned. And that's uh, kind of the mood also. Yesterday was Derek Chauvin's conviction, which is a good thing. On the other hand, it brings to light the murder of George Floyd and Dante Wright. And yesterday, another 16-year-old child, Columbus, Michaela Bryant shot by police. Yes, she had a knife. Yes, she was 16. Yes, there are ways to de-escalate situations. <sighs> so, that's where we are. Convicting one killer cop is not going to get us out of this. Rethinking the whole thing. Defunding the police. And also, this past Shabbat was my father's second yard site, so I'm holding that. And we're on the way to Shavuot, so I'm holding that. Revelation. What will it be this year? Promise. Double vaccinated. Going back out in the street a bit. Seeing other people in real life. There seems to be some light at the end of the tunnel. Maybe by the time we get to Sinai on Shavuot, things will look so much better. So here we are. Samachalaf Amud Bet. Baba Batra 61B and the pagination that was popularized by the widow and brothers Ram in Vilna, lo these 150 years ago. And of course, we'll have links to various different places you can find the DAF on our podcast page. So let's jump in. We're in the middle of kind of a very technical sugya, which goes on for a bit. There are some interesting theoretical questions behind it, but basically it's just a technical sugya. And there are theoretical questions behind why things have to be so technical, right? What, what is it, you know, how are we thinking about trust and how are we thinking about language? And so that's where we are. So how If somebody says to their fellow, I am selling you land of the house of Chia, right? The Chia estate I am selling to you, right? We had a similar case in the third parak of Sisi. Right, that whole situation where I'm selling you Ardebesisi, and then there was a piece of property that it was not clear whether or not it belonged to Debesisi, but it was called Debesisi. Here we have a different situation. Ardebechiyam is I'm selling you a piece of property of this, the Chia estate. It belongs to the house of and here there are two pieces of land which are called the Chia estate. Amaravashi, Ravashi says, So he just said one, he didn't say two. So he only sells them, he's only selling one, and he's not selling two. Stama, and some of the Girsot have Stama, some of them don't, but if but it all essentially means the same thing. Could have been a helpful scribe writing that in as an explanation. If he just says, I'm selling you lands without any uh, without anything added, any modifier. So then the least amount of lands 
plural is two. Vi amarle call arata. And if he says, I'm selling you all of the lands, call arata de itle levarmi bustani upardisi. So that means all the lands that he owns except for, and lands here means apparently certain types of fields because it excludes orchards and fields of fruit trees. Now, also, there's a, a girsa that has, instead of kol arata de idle, a filu tarti tlat, even if even two or three lands. Be amale zira, and if he says a much larger inclusive term, zira, kind of fields in general, a filu be bustani upardisi levarmi bativavdi. So that includes even the orchards, but excludes houses and slaves, enslaved people. Vi Amarle Nichsai, and if he says Nichsai, and if he says all the estate, Afilu Bativ Abdi, so that includes even houses and slaves. Now, the question here, the only question that in, in terms of the text is, is this all one case, right? Is this all talking about Ara de Bechia, or is this two things? The Yad Ramah raises the possibility that we start out with one case, talking about how Donald Elchabre Ara de Bechia Mizbanan Alach, I'm selling you the land of Bechia, and then there, what happens if there were two of them? And then Ravashi answers about that, that, there, uh, that he said one, he didn't say two. And then is this a what if about the Ara de Bechia? Let's say he just said Arata. Or is this a whole other case? What happens if somebody just says to his fellow, I'm selling you arata, I'm selling you lands. So it's, there's not that big a difference between the, you know, between the two, but it explains why there are lots of variant variants on the latter part from E Amarle Arata Stama, because it seems we learned from Shama Friedman that a piece of Gemara that has more variants, so it's probably a later addition to the text because it hasn't settled by the time the manuscripts came around, by the time we have manuscripts, and therefore there are different manuscript versions in different places. Okay. Metzar lo metzer echad aroch umetzer echad katsar. So somebody sells somebody a piece of land, and he, he lists the boundaries of the land, which one would do when one is selling land. But if he lists one boundary as long and one boundary as short. One boundary is wide, and one boundary is narrow. No, it wouldn't be long and short. Long and short boundary. One boundary is like 50 meters, and the other boundary is 12 meters. So Rav says, so you only bought the land that's included within the shorter boundaries. You only bought 12. So let's say the field as a whole was 50 by 50, and you delimited the boundary on the side opposite the 50 as a 12-meter boundary, right? Because, the, you know, the way you did it, there was a house there. You said, to the end of that house, and the house is only 12 meters wide. So you only get 12 by 50 of the field as opposed to 50 by 50. Amrule, Rav Kahana, Rav Asi, Rav. So Rav Kahana and Rav Asi replied to Rav, what he should actually acquire a the land that's included within the diagonal that's from the 12 meters to the end of the 50 meters opposite it, right? So the northern boundary is north, south, east, west. That's not a chiddush of the Gemara. There actually is in the real world, north, south, east, west. But in the field, the northern boundary of the field is 50 amot wide or 50 meters. We're translating into approximate 
inaccurate terms. So 50 meters wide on the on the top, on the northern part, there's 50 by 50, it's square, but when he, he, he laid out the boundaries, he laid out a 50 meter boundary on the northern part, 12 meter boundary on the southern part. And the question is, whether or not what Rav, what Rav Kahana and Ravasi challenge Rav is why give him only 12 by 50 of the field? Why not take the 12 and draw a diagonal line from the 12 to the to the corner of the 50 on the top in the northwestern corner to the end of the 12 on the bottom? And so there's kind of a diagonal, a a, a you know kind of a four sided figure which is not square or rectangular. Okay, Shatik Rav, and Rav, when Rav Khan and Ravasi challenged Rav in this way, Rav was quiet. So it seems that, perhaps, Rav admitted, Rav uh, acceded and said, you know what, you're right. Umode Rav, and Rav exceeds, Rav admits, Rav agrees. Hecha de'ika metzer reuven v'shimon mechad gisa, metzer levi v'yehuda mechad gisa. If the field abuts Ruven and Shimon's field on one side, and Levi and Yehuda's field on the other side, opposite sides. Midahavale lemechtav le deruvein keneged Levi. Since he should have written in when he's selling the field, he should have written Ruvain opposite Levi. Uda Shimon keneged Yehuda, and Shimon opposite Yehuda. Velo katav leishmamina keneged Rosh Tor Huda Amarle. And since he didn't write all that out, it seems that what he was talking about was a diagonal. If he only, right, he says where there's, you know, you have a field. And here, if you look in the in the Rashi page, Rashi has, who knows what the Rashi's original diagram looked like, but there are all these beautiful diagrams in the Rashi. It's an interesting problem where Rashi, on the manuscripts of Rashi, Rashi wrote these diagrams out by hand. And so they were more accurate than the printing press was able to handle when they originally printed the diagrams. So in any event, Rav says that when you have a field in which on the one side of the field you have Ruven and Shimon, and on the other side of the field you have Levi and Yehuda, so those fields are opposite those fields. So then the question is, since when I wrote out the contract, I should have written Ruven opposite Levi and Shimon opposite Yehuda, and I didn't write that, so therefore, what I ended up doing is saying that I you get the diagonal of the field and not the whole field. But if Ruvain and Shimon were opposite each other in the sense that Ruvain was in the east and west, and Shimon was in the north and south. He has to write both of the boundaries of Ruvain and both of the boundaries of Shimon. In other words, those fields are outside the field that we're selling them. Otherwise, you get this diagonal field, a field which is cut up into odd pieces, and that's what you end up buying. So what happens if you just writes that one corner is the corner where Ruven and Shimon's field comes together, and the other corner is the corner where Ruven and Shimon's field comes together, but he doesn't write that they're opposite each other. Does that mean when he writes that to delimit the field, is then the whole field sold? Kamingam mahu. Let's say he just writes the left side and the top as, a, as the Greek letter gamma. Right? So does that mean that the whole field is sold or just that? Or if he doesn't 
write out the boundaries on all the sides, but there are lots of different little pieces, and he only writes every other one. What then is the situation in any of these? Teku. Teku. We don't know the answer. It stays. The answer stays. Teku literally, I mean, it comes from the, the uh, verb kaim. It stands. There is a tradition that Teku is a an, an acronym for Tishbi Yitaretz Kushot Ube'ayot, that Tishbi, meaning Elijah the prophet, will answer all manner of questions in the future. But that's pretty clearly a later hang on because we don't have that. It could be, though, that because there is a Talmudic tradition that when things, when two people have lay a claim on, on something and there's no way to decide between them, so you put it aside, and then Elio and Avi will decide that, because that's the first thing he has to do, is decide whose this object belongs to before he, you know, establishes a monarchy or stuff like that. But, in any event, that might be where they got this, where somebody got this idea of teku, but teku list means we don't have an answer. There's no answer, because it is highly in doubt. This week's podcast is brought to you by Choni the Circle Maker. Is your business in a rut? Are you looking for an angle? Want a way to pull in some extra bucks? Well, you've come to the right place. Choni is a real rainmaker. No, seriously, he'll make it rain like you've never seen. I'm talking raining buckets, big buckets, pouring, flooding. Come to Choni if you want to hire someone who's going to really make it rain. Choni at www.notametaphor.com. Really, not a metaphor. All right, but but even though there was a take in those series of questions, we still go on. If a person in in right selling land, he articulated three boundaries: the first boundary, second boundary, third boundary. and he did not articulate what the fourth boundary was. Amarav Rav says that he acquires the whole field except for the fourth boundary. Now that means probably except for like a strip of land along the fourth boundary. Shmuel Amar Afilo Metzurivin. Shmuel says, "No, he buys the whole thing. He acquires the whole thing." Rabasi Amar Lo Kana Ela Telem Echad Al Pnei Kula. Rabasi says he only gets one row around the whole thing. Sabala Karav Da Amar Shiure Shire Umide Shire BeMetzur Shire Nami Bechule. So he holds like Rav to the extent that Rav says that in this kind of a situation, the owner is leaving himself something. And if he's leaving himself something, so so then he leaves not only on that one boundary line, but he leaves around the whole boundary line. So Ravasi has this kind of odd situation where you're buying a field, but you're actually buying is just the boundary line around it. Amar Rabba, Rabba says, Rabba says actually the halacha in this, in this case is that he buys, he bought, the whole, he acquired the whole field, except for the boundary line on the fourth side. And that's only when that fourth boundary line is not incorporated in the field. In other words, the two, the, the, the right and left boundaries, you know, the top, bottom, right, left in this situation, the right and left boundaries come up above where the, top boundary line is delineated. So the top boundary line is within the right and left boundaries. So in that situation, the person buys everything, including that fourth boundary. 
Aval Muvla de la Muvla. Rava says he buys it all except for the fourth boundary. When that fourth boundary is not incorporated in, is not does not fall within the boundaries of the rest of the field. Aval Muvla Kanea. But if it is in the boundary of the rest of the field, then it is bought. He does acquire. Vachilo Muvla. And if it's not, if that fourth boundary line is sitting atop the right and left boundaries. That's also, even if it's not within the boundaries, it's sitting on top of the boundaries, that's only referring to a case where it has, it's set, set off by the fact that there is, it has like a hedgerow, but except instead of a hedgerow, it has a whole row of palm trees on it. And those palm trees are palm trees on an area of land that could bring out nine calves of, of grain. But if there are no palm trees, and on and it's not the, the the amount of land that would produce nine calves of grain, So in that situation, he did acquire even that. and why? Because of the principle, because out of out of an implication that the if it would have been inside, even though it would have had palm trees on it, it would have been enough land to produce nine cobs of grain, he would have acquired it. So therefore, if it was not within, but it didn't have any markers to set it off as something else, then he acquires that also. So the question is here, on the if, if something is not named as being acquired and it is not set off as obviously something else, somebody else's property, then what's the situation if it seems to be in or around the property that you're acquiring? Ikadamri, oh, there's another there's another version of, of Rava's statement. Amarava Hilchata Kanaakova Filu Metzarabi. Here and according to this version, Rava says the halacha is that he buys, he acquires everything, even the fourth metzer, right? When the fourth when the fourth boundary line was not denominated specifically. And this is only talking about when it is within the area that is circumscribed by the right and left boundaries. But if it's not within that area, it is not, he's not, he does not acquire it. And even if it is within that area, we are only talking about when, if there's no palm trees on it, and it doesn't have the area to produce nine cobs of grain. But if there are palm trees on it, and it does have the area to produce nine cobs, he, in that situation, did not acquire at all. Because of the fact that if it wouldn't be within that area, if it had not fallen in that area, the fourth boundary, even if it didn't have the palm trees, not, not have the amount of area to produce nine calves of grain. Low Kani, he would not have acquired it. So therefore, if it is beyond, he doesn't acquire it. If it's inside, he acquires it. So it comes out, right? It seems that, so Radva seems to be saying the same thing in both things. And you know who knows that? The Gemara. Shamina and Mitravayu, it comes out, the implication from both of these versions of Rava, Travayu Lishne de Rava, from both of these versions of Rava, that in a field, you don't leave over anything. So that when I sell you my field, I'm not retaining any part of the field. 
Because Rava says that if it's Muvla, if it's within, if the fourth Metzer, the fourth boundary line is within the field, that is within the field which is circumscribed by the right and left boundaries, so then you acquire it. Okay. Vishamina Nami, and also the other implication is the Hecha de Muvla, Veleka la Rechbedikla, Velohavishivatisha Kabin Kana. When the fourth boundary is within the field, muvla is literally swallowed in the field. So it's in the it's, it's in the circumscribed area of the field, and there's no palm trees on it, and it doesn't have the area to produce nine kav of grain. So the person acquires it. Lo muvla, if it's not within the field, if it's not swallowed inside the area of the field, and there are palm trees on it, and there are nine, the area to produce nine kav of grain, lokana. So in that case, he doesn't acquire it, and that's because it's it's set off, right? It's 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 not circum, it's not within the circumscribed area of the field. On the other hand, if you have a hybrid case where it is swallowed within the within the area of the field, but on the other hand, it does have palm trees on it, so it seems to set it aside. Or it's not in the area of the field, and it doesn't have palm trees on it. So what is the status in that situation? So some people say, so therefore he acquires it. Some people say he doesn't acquire it. It goes, it's all up to the judge. Is, a, is an interesting halachic resolution which we also saw in the last chapter, that it's totally up to the judge to decide, Shuda literally, he th- the throwing, the dainy of the judges, it's totally up to the judge to decide what to do. And he can do whatever he wants. And is actually in the third paragraph. There's a, a dispute between Rashi and Tosfot. Rashi seems to say the judge has to have some kind of intuition for some for some reason. And Tosfot says, no does whatever he wants, and our only guarantee that what he does has nothing to do with being bribed is because he's a Dayan, and that's what Tosa says. So if he's a, if he's a judge, if he's a Dayan Mufak, if he's a, a an expert judge, then we know he wouldn't do that because if he would do that, he wouldn't be an expert judge. So therefore, he obviously doesn't take a bribe. Okay? All right, we're moving on. Amaraba Rabba says, Palga, if a person says to another person, Palga de Itli Ba'ara Pliga, one half of what I have in this field, I'm going to sell to you. So then, Palga, the person acquires half of the field. Palga ba'ara de itli, if he says one half of the part of the field that I own, riva, that's a quarter. So in other words, we're talking about a field that's owned by shutafin, opened by two partners. And one partner wants to sell his part. So now he could say, he could articulate that in two ways. He could say, I want to sell you half the field. Does that mean he wants to sell half of the whole field? In other words, the half that he owns? Or is he saying, I want to sell you half of what I own in this field, which is a quarter of the field? So that's why Rabbi says, if he says, Palga de Itlibara, the half that I have in this field, so that means a half. If he says, half of the field that I have, that means a quarter. Abayah says, actually, you know what? You're just playing games here. There's no difference between the two ways. Both of them mean a half of the field. Ishtik. So Rabba was quiet. All right, we have a second Ishtik. Before it was Rav, now it's Rabba. 
So I thought because he was quiet that he accepted my opinion, he accepted my view. But that's not true. That's not what happened. Chazina, I saw, Abaya says, These contracts that came out of the house of Mar, meaning Rabbah, out of Rabbah's yeshiva, Rabbah's court, and it was written in it, Hachi palga de itli ba'ara palga. Tibu hachi. Hachi. And this is what was written there. If a person says the half that I have in the land, then the person acquires half. Palga ba'ara de itli. But half, if it says half of that which I have in the land, riva, that's a quarter. So in other words, Raba was quiet. Maybe he didn't want to get into a whole thing with Abaya, but he actually didn't agree with him because he kept doing what he was doing before. Ve'amarabah, and Rabbah also says, Metzer ara demina palga palga, Metzer ara demina psika tetkabin. So, so Rabbah says, also, if you write, if he writes in the, in the contract, or he says to him, the boundary of the land from which I divided the land, then that's a half of it, then he gets half of the land. So in other words, if he's saying that from that, what I'm, what am I giving you? The from the boundary of the land from which the land was divided between me and my partner is the implication. So then he acquires half. But if he says psika, but if he says from the boundary of the land from which I psika, so I just cut off a piece of land. So then he gets tet kabin. Why nine kav? Because nine kav is the smallest amount of land which is considered a sadeh, a field. So Abaya says, actually, the difference between psika and pliga is that's it's not it's we're talking we're talking uh, language games again. What difference? There's no difference between the two. Ishtik. So Rabbi again was quiet. palga. So I figured that because of that both of them he gets half Valohi. As not true. The Amar of Yemar Bar because Rabbi Yemar Bar Said So it was explained to me from Abaye, Bain Metzer Ara Demina Palga, Ubain Metzer Ara Demina Psika. Either if it says the boundary of the land that from which I divide, or the boundary of the land from which I cut off a land for cut off a piece, E Amarle Elaine Matsarna Palga. If he says and these are the boundaries, and then he delineates the boundaries, then it's half. Lo amarle ilain matsarna. But if he doesn't say these are the boundaries, tisha kabin, then it's only the smallest amount which qualifies for a field. Okay, and with that, we conclude this week's Daf Shvui. I hope you have enjoyed it as much as I had walking through these weeds, the weeds of this sugya with me. Hopefully soon we will come out into the sunshine in the midst of the forest. Yes, yes, yes. I'm switching up my metaphor there. Mixing my metaphors. Okay. Thank you so much for coming here. This is this podcast, Daf Shui Weekly Daf, has been listed in the top 60 Jewish podcasts. And it is the only Daf Shui Weekly Daf podcast which was listed in the top 60 podcast. So there. Take that, all you other Duff Shui Weekly Duff podcasts. So much thanks to my producer, Ellie Unger-Sargon, whose patience is just unable to be told. 
I don't know if that makes sense. But thank you, Ellie. And check out his podcast, Four Cubits with Jeff Helmreich. My undying gratitude to my chavruta, Charlotte Van Robert. And of course, as always, to the communications team of Shachar Cohen Hodos. My name is Aryeh Cohen, and you can follow me on Twitter at Irmiklat, I-R-M-I-K-L-A-T. And comments, criticisms, and witticisms can be sent to me at thewidowandthebrothers at gmail.com. That's thewidowandthebrothers at gmail.com. And all that information will be on the uh, podcast page. See you again next week when, once again, we take refuge in the Beit Midrash in the closet.